my friend says caffeine's a drug. I said, oh, tell your friend, fuck you. I want to be a buddy with Just a little breakfast. Welcome to Breakfast Punk's podcast. It's a podcast about coffee, donuts, DIY, punk, and pretty much anything else we want. Brought to you by Sham City Roses and Deadbeat Donuts. Uh, from Hastings, I'm Dave. And I'm Siobhan. And uh, welcome to our second episode. Episode two. Thank you so much to everybody who listened to the first one. I can't believe we're even doing a second one. This is uh, really nice. Thank you. It's been... Um... Really nice having all your nice messages. I'm saying nice a lot. It's been really awesome having all these messages <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Um, and really strange, considering it was just a weird thing that we did uh, here in our house. Everything we do is just weird things I know. We do in our house. We're in, we're in <laughs> lockdown. But, yes. but to think anyone actually took the time to listen to it and then took the time to tell us that they liked it. Yeah, um, much appreciated. It's yeah, quite, really appreciated. Quite, yeah, been quite amazing, really. Yeah. I've spent more time on social media in the last two weeks than I think I have in the year prior. Yeah, that's that's is a blessing, thing. And a curse, but it has been nice. It's been my first pleasant interactions on social media for a long time. I feel like <laughs> yeah. just arguing with Tories. Well, <laughs> we can still do that. Yeah. Um, lovely. So, being our second episode, we had a bit more time to plan the food and drink that we've got. For our episode, so what we're eating today, we have got some babka, might be saying that wrong, I have no idea, um, from a company called Small Batch Babka, um, run by uh, a lady called Pasha here in Hastings. She started quite recently and is doing really well, sold out this month and, you know, so getting quick for February. Mm. And babka, I mean, I could be getting this entirely wrong, I'm just going to base it on what we just ate some kind of sweet bread <laughs> definitely a sweet bread <laughs> but it's really nice um it it must have babka kind of it sounds like it might have a european base somewhere i don't know yeah maybe turkish i don't know i'm making it up someone tell us you probably should have checked that. i probably should have checked yeah. that but either way hopefully we didn't just really insult anybody <laughs> but it's really nice it seems to be like kind of like a brioche bread thing it's ours had chocolate in it you can get it with cinnamon in it or chocolate and hazelnuts um not a vegan company specifically but we asked for vegan and i mean i don't know that i wouldn't know the difference but it was it's awesome so mm. if you want that be quick january sold out february you can still get one small mm. batch bubka they're on instagram and the like yeah very much recommended so yeah what are we drinking uh so we are drinking an ethiopian coffee today from girls who grind um, Girls Who Grind are based in the southwest of England. They're an all-female small-batch coffee roastery, um, and they also source specialty coffees from female producers and people who work to support them. Um, this is the name of this coffee, and I might get this horribly wrong, so I apologise. Um, <laughs> it is, I think, Tizita Bizune. Um, I'm almost, I've almost definitely said some of that wrong. Um <laughs> Uh, but basically, it's named after the person who actually manages the um, washing station uh, oh, nice. where, it's, where it's made. So I think that's really cool. Um, it's quite rare, obviously, for females to be involved in coffee production in Ethiopia. So, um, so it's really awesome that they've 
they're doing that. Nice. Um, and it's a good coffee. We're having it through an AeroPress. So mm, get the fact. Which is good, but I think it's probably more of a V60 oh, number. Oh, yeah. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's caffeine. It's very nice. <laughs> I will have it. Um, cool. So we're gonna probably end up babbling for a really long time, much the same as last time. So before we do all that. We better play a song. Like a <laughs> it does. Um, so this first song is from a band called Shooting Daggers. Uh, the song's called Humanity Waste. They're from London. They had a demo out in 2019. This song was put on Bandcamp in 2020. Um, they were booked to play Hastings. Yeah, we booked them to support Grand Collapse at what was going to be our first matinee show with a couple of other bands. I think haste. Oh, haste. Mm-hmm. And possibly a tester, <laughs> actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously it didn't happen. It was due, I think it was going to happen oh. in October or November, but it uh, it was long into lockdown, so it got cancelled. But it's a real shame. Hopefully we'll get them down here as soon as we can have gigs again. Yeah, definitely. they're amazing. Oh, nice. Well, let's listen to them. So this is Shooting Daggers with Humanity Waste. Daggers. Nice. Great song, isn't it? That's bloody good. Bloody good. Uh, I think Siobhan might have a... Um... <laughs> I did a fact check. <laughs> I feel very bad. Um, 
Just in case anyone wondered, babka is a sweet braided bread or cake originated in the Jewish communities of Poland and Ukraine. So before I go <laughs> crediting all, various all countries with it, insulted I'm in so that sorry. Last bit. <laughs> I have no idea about anything really, but it was really delicious. So everyone should eat it. It doesn't matter where it came from, but at least it's uh, credited properly now. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, now we've got that out of the way, I think it is time for some... As you can hear, the um, <laughs> oh god, Dave's been out. Le- <laughs> level of professionalism has gone through the roof. Can you between episode it? one and episode two? The budget is rolling in. That's we our, can now make sound bits. <laughs> that's our main our main story is oh. that I worked out how to use um, the computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's make good, isn't nonsense. It? Yeah, more nonsense to come, I fear. Um, well, let's uh, do this. Would you like to start with some news? Yeah, so I'm going to start with a uh, small self plug, mm-hmm. if if you don't mind. Debbie Donuts, we're doing deliveries again through lockdown. So if you're in the Hastings, St. Leonard's, Bucks Hill area, um, yeah, we're doing almost every weekend. I mean, it's not quite that. We're doing some this weekend, which is all sold out. We're going to do some next weekend, which I'll be taking orders from on Friday. Uh, so that's, what, the 22nd? So keep an eye on Instagram for that. And then we'll do some more in February. But, yes, yeah, going really well. So thank you, everyone who's ordered um, and supported us with this so far. I say us, me. Um, <laughs> with this so far. Always overwhelmed at how busy it gets mm. and how many repeat customers there are and new customers. So it's just nice to see everyone. And also with it being locked down, it's quite nice to just turn up on people's doors with sweet treats. Mm. So that's really good. Um, I should also continue to mention that we are bringing Shamsi Roasters coffee as well every single time. Indeed. Which I appreciate most of you do already take advantage of. But, you know, for those who didn't know... We are pretty much, well, we're in the same house, so we can, <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can bring you both. <laughs> um, well, uh, Shamsi Roses is having a sale at the moment, woo-hoo! a lockdown sale for January. Is this the... Yeah, confused people <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Dave did a really good post about this yeah. that didn't confuse well, anyone me, at let all. Let me explain the, the sale first. <laughs> So the idea of this sale was that it was tiered. So you got to choose whether you got 5% off, 10% off or 15% off. Wow. Because I thought that was funny. Yeah. Well, but then well. I threw in another one that was... So the codes are fuck COVID, fuck Boris, and fuck COVID and Boris. Oh, and so the, the most the off further is... you're willing to go with your code, the more money you get. Uh, okay. But then there was a fuck vaccines one, which was a joke one, where you added... Dub, you, you had to pay double. Yeah. I thought that was funny, but I didn't make it clear on the thing, and a lot of people thought that I was saying, you got <laughs> you're double. You got Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I'm not... For the record, set it straight. So I changed it and made it much better. What's it now? Fuck off. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's what you get at, at checkout. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work because the code's rubbish. I just made it up. Oh. It was for, for humour purposes. <laughs> for humour. Yeah, which, oh, well. which backfired somewhat. It's gone really well. Um, but yeah, check out our social media and stuff for details on it. I'm sure I haven't explained it very well. But yeah, get some money off. And thanks so much to everyone who's already taken part in that as well it's been super busy uh, for the last week or so since we did that so that's great yeah you were lo- loaded like a little pack horse off onto the I, post office I, this morning i often am i'm never given any help so. <laughs> oh shut up <laughs> okay uh my next little bit two buddies of ours in the last 
I think within days of each other, um, both launched micro-publishing businesses. Is that what I would call it? One of them described themselves as a micro-publisher. I'm going to go with both of them describing themselves as that. Yeah. First one um, is Martin Appleby, who runs Paper and Ink Zine, um, who we mentioned on the last show, so mm-hmm. we do look like complete fan fan people. Oh, that's fine. We're, <laughs> we're huge fans of Martin. We are huge fan people fine. anyway, yeah. but... Um, he, yeah, he was releasing paper and ink zines, and now he's going to be doing that under his DIY lo-fi punk rock publishing company called Scumbag Press. Mm. Um, he's got an Instagram, he's already got some merch, there's a yeah. wicked t-shirt. I haven't bought one yet, but I need to. I know, we, we will actually get on that straight away. Um, but yeah, that looks really good, so yeah, good on you, Martin. That is what we want to see. And yeah, literally like a day later. I think it was the same day. It might have even been the I same might, maybe day. Maybe I just saw it on the same day, I don't know. Which is amazing. Um, our buddy Sarah, who runs Shout Louder um, online, which yeah, is like a, web a blog webzine, mm. um, she's <clears throat> gotten together with someone else. I don't actually know his name off the top of my head, but I'm sure he's really lovely. And they are now doing Beyond Cataclysm Books, which is described as an independent micro publisher. And they're going to be p- uh, printing things in the near future i think the first thing is her new paper cuts book yeah which, the second one um, yeah. yeah the second one so that's really interesting and just i don't know what a, what an amazingly creative small little world we have hmm. that two people we know we're started sp- publishing businesses in the same for, week for micro publishers yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i know it's pretty awesome like uh you can pretty much do anything you set your mind to in this lockdown can't you you can <laughs> Boredom, boredom does a lot. <laughs> no, but it's pretty awesome. Things I wouldn't think to do. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, really cool. I should probably uh, put a drum roll in, <gasps> but I haven't got one. That's probably yeah, going to fuck the microphone. God knows what I've done now. Well. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, so, we've got the first bunch of bands who we're going to announce for What's It Cool Fest uh, this year. Um the festival that did not happen last year. The festival that didn't happen last year. <laughs> With all the others. And may, in fairness, not happen this year either. <laughs> but, fingers crossed, it will. Oh, yeah. So, What's a Cool Fest, I'm sure most of you know, is uh, the Hastings Punk Fest um, that we put on every year in September. Last year should have been the fifth year that we had it, but obviously it didn't happen. Mm. So, instead, we are hoping to bring a lot of the bands back that we have planned for last year um i think we'd announced a fair few and some of some of these do double up mm. but um but we're hoping that it's going to happen i'm not sure if the world will be back to any sort of normality by september but we're kind of figuring that it will and figuring that we should go ahead because if it is back i'm sure everyone will be very happy that uh, exactly. there's an awesome festival to go positive to. mental attitude indeed <laughs> indeed so um Without further ado, it will be taking place on the 24th and the 26th of September. Um, and the bands that I have to announce are The Filaments. We've got Jodie Faster from France. We've got Rash Decision. We've got The Sewer Cats from up north. We've got Knife Club from everywhere who we played on the... Who we played on the last week's episode. It might end up being their, their first ever gig. I oh, because they never had one in the end, did they? Yeah, I don't know. Ooh. We got some band called Pizza Tramp. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and, nice. um, I don't know. They're going to be upstaged by Haste, who oh. we've also got. 
And, uh, Why do you even announce haste? <laughs> <laughs> of course they're going to be there. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> and last but not least, we've got the domestics. Woohoo! So that's already shaping up to be rather wonderful. It's quite a lot. You can get tickets now. Obviously, you're going to be, you know... Chancing it. Yeah, trusting us. But a lot of people have already picked some up, so we really appreciate that. And obviously, it will be awesome. The website is um, toxicwhatsit.co.uk. Probably. <laughs> I, I should check that. I always get this wrong. To be honest, look up Toxic What's It on yeah, Facebook or Instagram. There'll be a post, um, post a, a link to whatever they use. Bandcamp. Do you use Bandcamp? I should ask you because you are part of them, but you are now staring into space. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, we've got a Bandcamp. Well, we're a record label now, so we've got a Bandcamp. Oh. No, we've got a, we've got a shop. You got a so shop. it's toxicwhatsit.co.uk. And while you're there, you could pick up some uh, some of the awesome records that we've released. We've got quite a few really good records in the distro as well we have got some um hats but i think they might have sold out you haven't got any of those pink ones left no everyone's gonna be wearing these bloody pink hats yeah. <laughs> they are very nice though. that's good i love them on that kind of similar news of fingers crossed the world's turning around um my other bit of news is i got my vaccine yesterday oh yeah yeah my bill gates is hurts. completely in control of you now i am um, being monitored no i don't know you were a bit weird this morning yeah i know i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) so for those who don't know i as well as making donuts i am a mental health nurse still i only do it part-time or on the bank or whatever you want to call it um and that means i was one of the you know as a nhs worker we got our invites for vaccines so went and got that done yesterday i can't imagine anyone listening to this is in doubt that a vaccine is a good is a no good idea apart from obviously it's a good idea You last... Oh, yeah, apart from your (laughs) shitty code, telling everyone you don't like vaccines. I don't know. I was quite excited to have gotten it. It feels weird to think a year ago this wasn't even a thing we were worried about, and then within a year, here we are, starting to get vaccinated and stuff. So long may it continue. Can you imagine if we all got vaccinated and we can actually crack on with festivals and stuff Mm. and travelling? I'm imagining it's going to be part of travelling requirements eventually to have these vaccines. I yeah, don't know. Uh, That's who what, knows? Who knows? I mean, it's a shit show, isn't it? Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I put my details into a calculator, and I don't think I'm getting mine until <laughs> December. You're far, far too healthy to be getting <laughs> yeah, yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite young enough and not quite old enough, I think. Well, it must be. I mean, they're definitely, like, not backlogged, but, I mean, definitely busy already, because... So you have... I had the Pfizer one. I don't think it even matters which one you get, to be honest. But I had the one where... I had a dose yesterday and then you have the second one between three and 12 weeks and mine's on like the 11th week. So and mm. I imagine they're quite busy or they're at least planning to be that busy. Hopes, but, hopefully. Yeah. So they should. Be rubbish if they were waiting around. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to my knowledge, there's been, it's been really busy every day there. So yeah, I can't see why And it not. didn't hurt and you didn't have any weird symptoms and you're no. not under the, you've not. I think I think people like do this big freak out about oh gosh, like I know loads of people that never got the original flu vaccine um, because they were like oh it gives you flu it doesn't give you flu your body hasn't sorry I'm going to go real like pathetically symptomatic here but (laughs) your body you don't get given flu I haven't just been given COVID and if anyone has a side effect after their vaccine it's your body's normal reaction to having had something put in to your body that wouldn't have normally been there. Um, and you having a normal reaction to that. I haven't had anything. Um, I've got a little bit of pain in my arm, but that's because a needle went in it yesterday. Yeah. Um, and that's it. I don't think I feel any different, although I was acting weird this morning, but that's you just, were, but that's just mean, Bill Gates. So. 
I mean, that happens every other morning, so... <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, so if anyone was ever worried about it, please don't be. Um, if you're offered it, go get it as soon as you can so that we can get back to normal. Uh, don't be a fucking stupid. Don't, don't be a fucking stupid. No, no, I didn't say that very well. Yeah, well, that's that's what we're going with. That's what Dave <laughs> said, so... On a slightly less serious note, my, uh, my <laughs> last bit... I was going to talk about the Capitol building uh, protests. Um, what, and your favourite little man? Uh, not my favourite little man, but... Um, <laughs> oh, fuck it, I might as well do it now. Um, <laughs> so John Schaefer, who's this dude who's in this band called oh, yeah, Iced Earth... Oh, yeah, that guy, right? so... I oh, know. I was reading about that other guy's a scumbag. I'm yeah, not even, I'm not going to say his name. Good. Well, they're both scumbags, clearly. So this guy, John Shea. So I have an I- Iced Earth album. Yeah, we listened to it not that long yeah, ago. Yeah, I'm quite embarrassed because it to stands admit. out on the shelf quite a lot. It does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in hindsight, it's hardly surprising because it's it's all, all the songs on it are about different wars. And there's oh, a, it's really there's patriotic a, yeah, and well, like. It's, well, I didn't think it? it necessarily was, but there's. Oh. It comes with a CD of a musical that he wrote about the <laughs> Battle of Gettysburg, <laughs> which is fundamentally the reason why I got it. Well, all really, really sane, normal, good yeah. people do. Yeah, yeah cool. Only, only, only sane people. I went to musicals. Gettysburg once. Just a cool. big field. Oh. It's all right. Anyhow, <laughs> the musical's not very good, but um, I don't know how the fuck I ended up with it. But um, anyway, this man, uh, John Schaefer, who's like the main guy, he's not the singer, he plays the guitar, but he's kind of like the, he's the only one who's always been in them, I think. And um, yeah, motherfucker turned up at the Capitol building protests with a Nazi hat on. Oh. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't going to talk about this, so I haven't really got a point Yeah, to sorry, make, I don't know why Apart from that he's a complete <laughs> fucking scumbag. Um, but yeah, I only bring it up really because we recorded this, we recorded the first episode of this uh, podcast we recorded, I think, the day before that happened and then posted mm. it the day after it happened. So I suppose I just want to acknowledge, because I felt a bit weird posting it, really. It felt like everyone was, you know, up in arms. Obviously, this sort of crazy thing had happened and then we just posted this little podcast about having fun and, <laughs> and you know, talking rubbish. So, um, so that was why we didn't mention it, anyway, last week. But, yeah, crazy. Trump's going tomorrow, so... By the time, so we might have timed this podcast really badly as well, and the world might have ended by Thursday. So uh, we'll see. But my actual last bit of news, which is much nicer and completely different, is the uh, Lookout Records, the the 90s record label that hopefully everyone's heard of, who launched the careers of like Green Day and Rancid and, mm. and Operation Ivy, are doing a live stream series. Um, it starts on the 31st of January. From what I can make out, it's just going to be people having a chat about uh, Lookout Records, which if you're a nerd like me, you might be interested in. Uh, it's going to include Dr. Frank from Mr. T Experience, John uh, Ginoli from uh, Pansy Division. It's hosted by Grant Lawrence from uh, The Smugglers, whose book Aww. I just read. He's a really sweet man. Uh, Lisa That's Marr okay. from Cub. Um, but, <laughs> but it should be pretty good. Anyway, so that was my news story. Much more oh, nice. concise than the last load of shit I just went on about. <laughs> <laughs> I have... One last minute bit of news, because mm. I literally just got a message from someone. We did a interview <laughs> with our local oh, newspaper yeah. <laughs> a couple of days after the podcast came out. Um, mm. The Hastings Independent got in touch with us randomly, and we did an interview with them about the podcast and what our businesses are doing. Um, and I just got a message saying that it's come out. So this is a newspaper that they used to print, and now they don't print, it's just all online. So at the minute... I don't know what it's going to look like uh, when this podcast comes out, but at the minute it's just a PDF file on the uh, website, but they're going to post all the separate posts um, 
later in the week. So our article may be available by the time this podcast comes out. We'll probably post a link to it yeah. on Instagram because we'll be hopefully quite proud of it. I mean, we did babble on, as you can imagine. We talked about I feel so sorry. So yeah, poor, the, the poor woman that had to listen that. to us. <laughs> it's about an hour of babble, but I'm sure um, that it won't read like that. So yeah, um, by the time this podcast comes out, I'm assuming we might have a link to it, so we will put it somewhere. Cool. So, and Hastings Independent yeah. generally is wicked. So now I think we have to go to a very special edition of Norfolk News. Oh my goodness, Dave, you have outdone yourself with your little clips. That's actually a clip from East Anglian Boy, um, Mm. which look it up on YouTube because many places that are near and dear to my heart are on there. Um, And yeah, it's, I don't know, I think it's really funny. Yeah, it's very good. (laughs) Maybe that's just. We didn't get any um, ghost donkey stories from anyone. Yeah, no ghost donkey stories. A a barrage of emails, and I didn't get any. Yeah, well. So I hope you've got something really good for us this week that's going to. Gets to get the attention. In of the fairness, listener. I I said I wasn't going to do this, but there's there's two. There, I've got two stories. I can't I can't help myself because a lot's been going down in Norfolk in the last two weeks. Um, <laughs> and also, one of them felt really Norfolk, and the other one didn't feel very Norfolk. But I just want to draw attention to it because it made me laugh a lot this morning. <laughs> so it made you laugh a lot. This I think that might be why you <laughs> you were so weird this morning. Oh uh, yeah, got I got wrong about this fucking thing. Can you believe it, David? There is a potato <laughs> farmer who is dismayed at the abuse of his honesty box policy. <laughs> oh, it's lockdown. We're all struggling. And there this poor man is. He's Peter Ketteringham of Ooh. the Potato Men. But why, well, who are the Potato Well, men? he's he's a company over in... Uh, where's he come from? Drayton? Is it Drayton? Uh, there was a, an old punk band I think the it's Potato Drayton. Men. Oh, well, this they is... were on Lookout Records. This... Yeah, I'll be... <laughs> Got <a> link. <laughs> oh, there you go. He is from Drayton. Right, let's carry on. So poor Peter Ketteringham from the Potato Men in Ketteringham. No, we're not in Ketteringham and Drayton. Fuck. He is dismayed. There are people paying for goods with illegal tender buttons and washers. <laughs> <laughs> They've been introducing this box since lockdown and he's seen people contribute US dollars, redundant British currency and even French francs in exchange for sacks of spuds and egg trays. Fucking hell. This poor chap, he started this honesty box when the pandemic started and he couldn't he couldn't do his normal business. So in order to sell do his potatoes. to sell his taters. So in order to do some business he done the honesty box. Um, but it's not a pay what you can. That's got a fixed price. And so he's got... a lazy shit, basically. It's he not... doesn't want to run his own shop. How dare you speak about Peter that way? <laughs> Peter. Pe- poor Peter, running his pissing potato box. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he has revealed the extent to which some people are abusing this policy, and he's now saying that this farms might have to scrap it. <laughs> he said, we have had pretty decent CCTV installed looking at this box. And it's so frustrating to look at it. You can clearly see people either putting their empty hands up to the box and pretending to pay, <laughs> or even what they've got in their hands, just whatever they got. People know exactly what the prices are and exactly what they are doing. And the worst thing is having to watch someone deceive you. <laughs> God, this poor man. Poor poor if man. he's watching on the CCTV, why doesn't he just go and get a chair and sit yeah. by the box? Well, poor Peter. He's just trying to live a life. 
That's why he's got that CCTV sitting there. It's no pissing box. We really want to keep doing this, but the thefts are doing my head in, <laughs> and I do not know how much more I can take. Well, if you're in Norfolk stealing this man's spuds, Don't. have it from us. We do not like you. Um, <laughs> Don't fuck with Peter's. Peter Ketteringham from box. the from the Potato Men <laughs> and Drayton. You fucking leave him alone. <laughs> Poor bastard. I don't know if I can handle a second one. Go on. This is the headline. Mm-hmm. Builder took pink pill and ran naked around the hotel. <laughs> yes, what's happened? Oh my gosh. A builder took a pink pill, stripped naked, and ran up and down hotel corridors, banging on the doors of other guests, a court heard. That was the Holiday Inn on Ipswich Road. Oh, Poor man. Um, where Who's are we? Who's taking pills in the fucking Holiday Inn? Well, this, this, this 49-year-old gentleman... <laughs> When staff arrived, he was lying on the floor naked. The defendant was given a towel, but <laughs> threw it away before he pulled apart his... <laughs> oh, God. Bear with me. Yeah, I'm bearing with you. Oh, my gosh. The defendant was given a towel, but threw it away before he... <laughs> <laughs> this time even if i laugh i'm gonna carry on all right good but keep the norfolk accent perfect please i will (laughs) the defendant was given a towel but threw it away before he pulled apart his buttocks (laughs) and pretended to talk (laughs) oh gosh that's taking a lot of time to say that um police were called and found the defendant naked and lying on his back he appeared to be drunk and was arrested for being drunk and disorderly. Oh, this poor little bugger. Just one pink pill and, and, his, and his buttocks are having a chat. Oh, my gosh. Um, he was shouting a boost out of his real mouth, I assume. Not out of his bum. Not out of his bum. <laughs> at the officers and had to be restrained on the floor. He has no recollection of running up and down the hall. and he But he is ashamed of his behaviour. Okay. Let's uh, let's play some music, shall we? Yes, let's. After all of that hilarity. <laughs> um, so, uh, next song we're going to play is by a band called Dogma. Uh, they're from Canada. And uh, the song's called Austerity. It's from their new album. It came out, I think, just at the start of this year, which is called The World at Peace, Not in Pieces. Um, it's just come out via Grow Your Own Records. Brilliant label. Check it out. Check out all their releases. They're all great. Um, there's going to be a compilation coming out soon, I think, which has got at least two Hastings bands on it, I think. Nice. And yeah, Dogma are great. So here's their song, Austerity.
welcome back to Breakfast Punks podcast. We are going to now talk about some of our favourite music documentaries. Yeah. We figured that would be the main thing we would discuss today because, I don't know, lockdown's here, we're all stuck indoors. We always watch music documentaries and we thought, why don't we sum up some of our favourites? Yeah. So we're just going to, I think we're going to take it in turns and we're just going to name like three yeah. For each, and then we'll do some honourable mentions at the end. So I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, I'm, go I've, I've certainly sort of tried to pick some sort of slightly maybe more obscure things that people might have either not heard of or have heard of but ignored because they thought they were rubbish and in the case of one of them. Also, I should I should mention, Dave owns all of these. So these are definitely genuinely his favourites. Like These all came off the um, shelf this morning as yeah. opposed to... No, but you know what I mean? Like, all mine... I don't own any of mine. I, I watch all mine online. Whereas Dave actually owns... Some of these are on VHSs. In fact, two of them are. So um, I just thought I should mention that. You don't I have to VHS shame me. I'm not shaming you! <laughs> I think it's a good thing. Anyway. Well, in which case, let me just uh, ignore you and go for the one that I don't actually own. <laughs> so... Um, because I don't think you could own this one. Um, mm. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is um, it's called Once Upon a Time in New York. It's from 2007. It was made by the BBC, uh, I think probably shown on BBC Four. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure at the time, BBC Four were making loads of music uh, documentaries and a lot of sort of punk-specific uh, ones. Um, but this one... So when I first, when we were first um, considering doing this, this was mm. one of the first things that I thought of. And to be honest, I thought, I remembered it as being a really long, quite in-depth documentary. And I thought it was maybe even like a series, like three parts or something. Mm. And when we, we had a little look for it, and I found it on YouTube, and it was only 57 minutes long or something. And I thought, oh, maybe maybe when I watched this, I didn't really know anything about New York, you know, the New York music scene. And so maybe I was impressed with it then, but I won't be so impressed with it now. Um, because it, it it's not just about punk. It's about punk, disco and hip-hop mm. and the sort of origins of them um, and, and kind of where they all came from. And to be honest, to me, when I saw that it was so short, I thought there's no way, this is just going to be like such a brief overview mm. of this thing that it's not really even going to be worth watching anymore. But we watched it and it is a very brief overview, unquestionably. I think hip-hop, doesn't really get as much of a look in as it probably should but it just does a really really amazing job of kind of giving that overview and there's loads of really great footage in it and I suppose with the if you're the BBC I suppose you've got loads and loads of footage that's just sort of sitting around that you, you've got the opportunity to get at that a lot of documentary filmmakers don't yeah. and there's just loads of brilliant stuff of like New York City in the 70s when it was like really grimy and dirty, loads of, you know, loads of footage of, there's a great bit of footage in uh, this one where there's like a really um, plums in their mouth BBC reporter and he's gone to, uh, is it Studio <laughs> 54 so I think, yeah. and, he's, and he basically starts his news report with, I can't imagine why anybody would come <laughs> to a place like this, <laughs> yeah. and he's sort of shouting over the top of the music, and that's, there's just loads of little things like that. And it touches on, like, the Stonewall riots and it touches on, like I say, you know, the birth of, of hip-hop. Disco, personally, I'm not remotely interested in, really, but the 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 element that it kind of looks into, which is how it very much started and, like, mm. the people that actually originated it by starting sort of parties in their in their loft spaces and stuff mm. is, is super interesting. 
Um, so I just really recommend it. it. Like I say, it's on YouTube. Um, it's a weird version on YouTube. I think they've had to cut some of the music out of it or something. But my guess is I don't mess with iPlayers. But my guess is it's probably it's probably on a, a BBC iPlayer somewhere. Um, and it's really worth a watch. Yeah, I remember you um, you introduced it to me a few years ago, and I just thought it was so in like. I knew the loose story of the beginning of hip-hop and there's been lots of documentaries since and the disco stuff I vaguely knew of but I really didn't know that much about and the CBGB stuff I kind of knew. But the fact that this was all happening like at the same time Mm. is just like, it's just so interesting and it's a a bit mind-blowing to me because... I didn't really know all of that. It kind of doesn't bother too much with the timeline. So there's a lot of stuff that if you... Like, I've watched a lot of more sort of in-depth and read mm. a lot of books about New York and stuff. And, and there's... So it, it doesn't really bother going into, like, you know, the New York Dolls were five or ten years yeah. earlier than television or something. It just kind of... It just kind of throws it all out there. Yeah. And, and that might be... I suppose if you were a real aficionado, that might be really annoying. But to me, yeah. I just thought I just thought it did a really good job of making... It made me really want to find out more about all of those styles yeah. of music so i suppose if you you know if you don't know that much i mean it's a pretty it's a pretty well covered subject i guess new york city in the 70s yeah um but yeah i just think it's brilliant i just think it's really well made yeah and richard o'brien does the does the talking yeah he does so that's so nice good. as well love hearing his little voice mm. um, my first one i mean dave said these aren't very obvious i think this one potentially might be for some people out there it wasn't for me purely because I came to this band and to this woman really late in my life, uh, ashamedly so. I wish I'd known about her when I was a kid. Um, but my first pick is The Punk Singer. It's a documentary about Kathleen Hanna, who was the lead singer of Bikini Kill and mm-hmm. uh, went on to do La Tigre, The Julie Ruin. It was made in 2013. I think Dave actually went to the UK premiere of I it. did. I, uh, I was, uh, they showed it at a film festival and... I think they had like a um, a show in at a sensible time, like seven o'clock in the evening, that was sold out. But they had one at eleven in the morning or something, and so I went to that, and it was me and about five other people. It was wicked. <laughs> oh, nice, um, but yeah, I didn't even know who. I mean, I'm ashamed to say I didn't even know who Bikini Kill and Litigo were when you went to see that. Oh, I knew who Litigo were actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, my kind of like. I think I knew who Litigo were before Bikini Kill. To be fair, Bikini Kill were going when I was about three years old. Yeah, I mean, I was young too. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was really young when Bikini Kill were first around. Um, so, for those who maybe don't know, Bikini Kill were uh, one of the first bands that started the Riot Girl movement, which was a punk movement. It wasn't just punk, but it was a, it was a feminist punk movement that happened in the 90, early 90s Very, yeah, yeah. Um, as a reaction to <clears throat> the inequality in general. Um, I mean, Kathleen, it, it talks a lot about her. She was doing spoken word at the time and she was told by um, an author who you actually read a book by recently, Kathy Acker. Yeah, yeah. Um, she went to a, a workshop by her and said, you know, I'm doing this spoken word. And she said, you want to stop doing that. You should be in a band because people will listen to you more. Because um, she was talking about some pretty important things for feminism and whatnot at the time, wasn't feeling listened to. So she went off and um, two other girls happened to be wanting to make a band. They didn't know what to do. They hadn't played their instruments before. They just thought, why not? Uh, and so they got together. They got Kathleen to sing in it and they got a guy involved as well because they couldn't find a girl guitarist at the time. 
and they started a band. But it's a really good documentary for just her story because as much as it was really interesting at the beginning and all of the kind of stuff she did for feminism in Riot Girl, and then she went on and did La Tigra, which was like a more dancey, fun version of that, but hmm. just a bit more light-hearted. Um, she disappeared in 2005, I think it was. And so the beginning of this documentary is like, what happened to her? And so this kind of fills in that little bit of a gap between when everyone was like, we want Latigra, we want this, we want to hear Kathleen Hanna, to when she just disappeared. So it's really nice. There's a lot of um, bits from other people who are really nice and interesting in it. Mm. And yeah, definitely worth just a watch. Awesome, isn't she? I, mean, I mean, she's amazing. She's just great to watch and like, she's a good interview, I guess. Yeah, she's definitely a good interview and she's, she's definitely a good, um, I mean, the whole ethics of what she was doing at the beginning was get off your butt and do something sort mm. of thing. Mm. And she didn't know what she was doing. I mean... Right at the beginning, they show... I mean, she was it, she was doing art and photography, but she was making, like, clothes. And she's definitely not someone who knew how to make clothes, but one of her mm. things was a fashion show. Um, she was making zines right at the beginning. She didn't know what she was doing. I think the right You wouldn't know movie, she didn't know what she was doing, because it was really good. But. Yeah. I think the right girl movement was sort of mixed in with... It was very much something of its own, but it was mixed in with that whole DIY ethos, yeah. which I think, like, over the years after it had a, such an amazingly massive influence on the world yeah. generally and still does I think now yeah um, yeah I think a lot of what they were I mean it's just interesting even if you know nothing about Bikini Kill Latigo you're not the slightest bit interested in that style of music it's worth a watch just for seeing why the wouldn't sort you be? of how could you not be I know some people might not <laughs> but um, you fools listen to it but um, you should go watch it anyway just to see the kind of stuff that they were dealing with in the early 90s and mm. how let's be honest a lot has improved, but there's a lot you can still take from that. And, um, oh, loads, yeah. Yeah, yeah ridiculous amounts. So it's worth a watch. Anyway, everyone should watch it. Cool. Uh, my second one uh, is... I wasn't sure whether to do this one or not, but the reason I want to do it is because I think anybody who has ever heard of this film, probably, probably anybody who listens to this podcast, I'm almost certain would have written it off um, as just a load of shit because really? it's the film Hype, which is about grunge. And grunge isn't a terribly popular uh, thing, I don't imagine, ah. with most people. But the reason that I bring it up, really, is because it isn't, it isn't actually a movie about grunge, really. It's, a, it's mostly just about the sort of independent music scene in Seattle that, that spawned grunge. So it does touch on, you know, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Nirvana somewhat, and probably more so Nirvana. But... It's not just about that, really, and mm. and it's a much much more interesting documentary than it than that would suggest. And it it's got loads of like really awesome bands like Gas Huffer and it Coffin Breaker and it Dead Mooner and it the Melvins, the Mono Men. Uh, there was just so much other stuff like Super Suckers are in it and Zip Gun and Seven Year Bitch. There was so much like awesome music in Seattle at the time. That's that that is where all those grunge bands sort of came from. But obviously they didn't get as much recognition as those sort of main bands. And so I think it would be really easy to see this and just write it off as being a kind of, you know, I don't want to watch a movie about, you know, Eddie Vedder's opinions on things or whatever. But, <laughs> Although I do love Eddie Vedder's yeah, opinions on things. But, but it's not, it really isn't that, you know. And it's incredibly well made. Um, I have absolutely no idea who made it. Someone called Doug Prey. I don't know if he's gone on to make anything else. But it's a really well-made uh, thing. It was made at the time. I think it's from 1996. So it was actually probably before a lot of those grunge bands really got mega, like, stadium rock size. I mean, Nirvana would have been huge, obviously. 
I, I just think it's a brilliant documentary and I think it's well worth watching. And mm. I just, I suppose the only reason I bring it up really is just to say if you're put off by the grunge tag, don't be, because um, it's fundamentally, it, it is, you know, it is about grunge and it's, but it's about, it's about a lot of the problems that that caused for the independent artists that were going on. It's about a lot of the sort of, the only mainstream aspects of it that are kind of uh, brought up are in the context of like how much they just totally ruined the the whole thing by by you know gap adverts where mm. everyone was sort of dressed up in grunge Flannel. outfits and yeah, yeah. All that shit but yeah you know but but most of it is just about these awesome bands that happen to be in Seattle um and it's got some great live footage in it it's got some uh, brilliant interviews with loads of people so yeah so i just i wouldn't be put off by it i'm pretty sure that's on youtube as well so oh, yeah. watch hype from 1996 is a goodie nice i should also mention punk singer is on youtube as well i think all um, of these i think all of these i'm not so sure about this next one i'm not no. sure i could find this on youtube i can't remember how we watched it um i dread to think illegal <laughs> yes um so yeah my next one is kind of linked in as much as i can make a very tenuous link between yours oh, and this one yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my next one is The Devil and Daniel Johnston. Um, it's a documentary film made in 2005, and it's about the American musician Daniel Johnston. And my tenuous link is Kurt Cobain slapped him <laughs> and wore his T-shirt. He drew these... Um, he died not that long ago, actually, Daniel Johnston. It wasn't very long. In the last like, couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I must admit, at the time, again, I didn't know who he was. Um, and then I saw all these drawings of these weird frogs going around with these long like tentacle eyes looking somewhere between a frog and a snail well that's the um, so that's and that's the his like thing. his famous yeah well that's the the t-shirt that Kurt Cobain yeah so I think that almost became you know the way like the Ramones t-shirts being yeah. sold in Primark I don't think it's quite like that but it's not far off I it think, became his like I think I'm sure Redbubble's got an awful lot of maybe of it that. was something that people you knew that was Daniel Johnston even if you didn't know who he was you didn't know that was Daniel Johnston I think. oh really you just knew, just knew it was Kurt Cobain yeah it's just like yeah but anywho, so Daniel Johnston was a musician um, and he had bipolar and was quite odd, but really sweet. So this documentary just basically is about his life um, up until the present day to which he was still alive when this was made. Um, and it's got an awful lot. I, one of the things I really liked about it <clears throat> was his manager for most of his career, I think nearly all of his career, mm has a big part in this film and it's just really loving because mm. you've got this guy Daniel who is just such a strange strange man in the nicest way though he means really well he I can't remember how he got into music but he was recording things at home all the time he, he was he, always making music always mm. drawing always trying to create he used to famously just give everyone his tapes that's it and he so would, he'd make everyone would have like that so he'd record one tape and give it to someone and then record another tape. And That's it. So there was hundreds of these tapes. And he drew everything for each one. <clears throat> so everything was completely individual. And mm. he would just give this stuff away. And so this manager guy tried to, like, assist him in kind of making something of himself, getting it out there in a bit of a way to which he could make something for himself. Um, but, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's an interesting story in as much as this guy really is quite unwell as well. He gets a little bit, like, over overly religious at one point. I very much remember that. He's kind of spawning yeah. all this religious stuff at people. Um, whilst, but people are still coming mm. to his shows and just absolutely adoring him. Mm. Um, 
He's got this really mad voice. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's ugly beauty. Definitely. Oh, it's so, it's so lovely. And he's kind of like, he's singing love songs about girls he's never been with. and but never met. I never met. <laughs> Which could sound really creepy, but there's something really wonderful and lovely about this guy. I don't know. It's just really lovely. It could be mm. really sad. It could be really weird. But it's totally not. I was totally like in love with this guy at the end. Bless his heart, he passed away only in the last three years, I think. Yeah, it's very recent. I could be getting that yeah. wrong. I um, sometimes wonder whether we watch that film slightly differently to a lot of people who would, as a as a ex-psychiatric nurse and as a, as a psychiatric yeah. nurse, I feel like the discussions that we had about this film were possibly not what a lot of people would take from it. Because I think in a lot of ways it's just a sweet film about a kind of eccentric guy. Yeah. And I think we, we probably ended up, const- not in a negative way at all, but like in a... Yeah, I don't know, we probably saw it through slightly different eyes, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think they do They do refer to his illnesses quite oh, a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, I think it definitely doesn't take away from just how creative and interesting and just... Not at all. Yeah. He's really, like, for it all the time. He's really enthusiastic the whole time. And, yeah, I don't know, I just, like... I, I, I vaguely remember, like, him just, like, getting on buses at the drop of a hat and going and playing shows in random places mm. and just being really... You know, that's one thing mania will do for you. Yeah, <laughs> It'll yeah, stick no, you on a bus and get you halfway across the country. I think my favourite um, thing about it is where he, as an old, as the sort of at the time that the film was made, he'd started a band with three yes! like, teenagers or something. He had, and, and they was, were and like, they were just like proper, like they were just sort of like bad boys from the from the local area. Or yeah, something. It was but really they cool. did know who he was, and they were like yeah. were so in awe of him. But yeah, he's like fifty five, sixty years old, and mm. they're like. At best, nineteen weird songs. <laughs> you can imagine these kids together. Yeah. It's really nice, and also I think that he was still writing songs about the same girl yeah. who he still wasn't with. That's right. Which is really. Sad I don't think he'd seen her since like childhood sweet. almost. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the only girl that he knew at school. Anyway, I don't know. I might be making that up. Definitely go watch it. It's really heartwarming and lovely. And yeah, bless him, he's not with us now anyway. So go have a watch. I like I say, we didn't get that on YouTube. God knows how we got that. Uh, well, my last one um, is a film called, I might get this slightly wrong, Mazala de los Gritos. Oh, wow. Um, or Beyond, Beyond the Screams. <laughs> um, and it is a documentary um, from 1999 about the US Latino Chicano hardcore punk scene. It's only half an hour long. It was made by Martin Sororangai, the singer from Los Crudos and Limprist. This is another one that's on YouTube, so it's definitely worth a watch. Um, or you can borrow Dave's VHS. I've got it on VHS. I can, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. You'll have to return it. Do rewind it before you give it back <laughs> as well. Um, and um, yeah, so this is just a documentary that I watched pretty much when it came out, and it was just about a sort of. So I knew Los Crudos, and that's why I got it. And I and I really like Los Crudos, but I had no idea about the whole scene that this was about, and it just really blew my mind at the time. I was at a really impressionable age, and I just absolutely loved it. And I just and I still and I watched it again because I did, I thought of it when we were going to do this thing, and uh, and I thought, oh, it's not, it's probably not going to be that great. Um, and in a lot of ways, it's not that well made. It's obviously made on a really low budget. I would guess that. Um, he wasn't really a filmmaker when he made this film um uh, uh, but it's just got some amazing like really great interviews uh, with people from the time and it's got some absolutely brilliant live footage um and the thing that always stuck with me 
was this one bit of live footage of Los Crudos, which I just remember being the most exciting live footage I'd ever seen in my life when I was like when I watched this for the first mm-hmm. time. And when I watched it again a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> I thought there's no way in hell that can possibly live up to yeah. up to how I remember it. And it totally did. It was fucking amazing. So I won't I won't go into it. Just watch the thing. Uh, it's so good. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about if you watch this film, I think. It's really, it, it's obvious to me anyway. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I just think it's, um, I just think it, it was just, a, it's just a really cool little thing. Oh, I haven't it? even seen this. I want to watch this. Yeah. Made it sound very it. good. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, oh. Probably better if you can get hold of the VHS. Again, um, it's around our house. So That uh, was the sound of the box closing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very beautiful thing. I it love is. that I mean, the front cover is actually not even that well produced either. It's totally just photocopied. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, it's definitely just, just looking at the video. I mean, it's definitely just a, like a Memorex. Or, I don't even know if that's a, what's the, what's the, uh, Ariston. What was that? Some, anyway, right. it's just, it's just a VHS cassette that somebody's just dubbed. Someone's made that. It's well viewed. Oh, did you get it, um, Dave? You used to get VHSs in the post when you wrote to some man in Scotland. Is it from him? <laughs> that sounds really dodgy. No, it's not at all. No, no uh, Flat Earth Records, who uh, were who released the Los Crudos album and released loads of great music in the nineties oh. and early two thousands, um, they released it in this country or in Europe, maybe. Oh. Um, I don't know how it came out in America, really. This is a PAL version, which I think means that it's a UK version. Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm sure that doesn't mean anything to anyone anymore. Um, but yeah, no, uh, just just to clear up that story, there used to be a man in Scotland <laughs> with a big long list of all of his videos, and you could and you could you could send him a check for ten quid. Did you have a checkbook when you were a kid? Yeah. Cool. Carry on. And um, you had to have a checkbook, otherwise you couldn't buy records in the post. Oh. Um, and do you not use postal orders? We had postal orders. Yeah, I sent a few postal oh. orders, but that was more for abroad. Oh. You didn't need to mess abroad. with postal orders. Hello. If you had a checkbook. Oh, fair enough. Um, and uh, Midland Bank, Midland Bank checkbook, had a bird on it. I remember. You got and, an orange and Pete breedy. Anyway. Well, anyway. <laughs> and, um, and you send him a tenner, and then basically you tell him four hours worth of stuff off his list and then he'd, he'd dub you the tape with all that stuff on so oh. as a result so sometimes he'd have like live shows he'd have just because it was pre-internet you'd get like just people's promo videos and stuff oh i wonder if this so, man still exists and what he's doing now i think he was once in the exploited hmm. but i might have just presumed that at the time but that's mm-hmm. what my brain is telling me now but um, anyway, and but the uh, he to give you a vague idea of what sort of uh, what sort of a thing this was. Uh, if you left any minutes on the end, it'd fill it up with pornography. Wonderful. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I hope you haven't got any of them up there. No, I've still got them in the loft. Oh god, that's where I got all my Gigi Allen videos from. Oh god, yeah, man, I was Gigi about Allen, when I was fifteen. Sub- that blew my fucking mind. I was just like, what world? What sort of world is this? <laughs> what is this that other people man? live in? This is amazing. <laughs> We'll do him another day. Um, no, we won't. <laughs> okay, I will be quick with my last one. Again, this might be one that many people who are listening may have already seen or be aware of, but this one's really nice. It's called Salad Days, uh, a decade of punk in Washington, D.C., about the 80, uh, 1980 to 1990. It was released in 2014. Director is Scott Crawford, who is in the film. He was a kid, like literally Little like 12-year-old, 13-year-old yeah. kid, when this scene was about halfway through. He only started going to gigs uh, in about 1985. Um, I thought it was earlier than that. He saw Minor Threat and stuff, didn't he? Uh, no, I don't know if he did. Yeah, okay. His, the pictures of him in it, he's really 
Well, he said good. he came into the scene about halfway through. Yeah. Maybe maybe not eighty five, but not not very early on. And anyway, he was documenting it even then when he was like twelve, thirteen, taking loads of photos. He created a zine. Oh god, I can't remember what it was called. Um, where he was interviewing these bands. I mean, the bands would have only been sixteen, seventeen mm. anyway. And now he's made this film, uh, which we went to see the premiere of in the UK. We did. I actually, feel like we've, just, a... we've only done this to like boast about I know. the premieres. I mean, These are the only premieres. two films that either of us probably been to the premiere, the premiere of, probably. <laughs> but he was there and did a little Q and A, and it was really cool. It was wicked. Yeah. Um, so this is on YouTube as well, and the YouTube <clears> one has a Q and A on it as well. Oh, weirdly, cool. this guy's everywhere. But basically, the reason this is really good is it's just a really good telling of how the DC scene in Washington started. It's very much a Discord production almost, um, because as was the scene then, everything was on Discord records. Well, Discord only released stuff from Washington, so I don't think it was yeah. so much. They didn't really, yeah, yeah. by default. But. but it kind of talks about that anyway. It talks about kind of like the scene that they ended up making because of that and how these bands got to play all over the country because they were on this record label which is assumed to be good. But it's really cool. It starts with every band that ever, pretty much ever came out of Washington, uh, at least at the beginning. I'm sure tons of bands came out in the end. And yeah, and it kind of just talks about the influence that that started having upon other things. But mm. I don't know. It's just a really nice... It's got tons of uh, footage from the people that were there. Mm. And what the nice thing about it is every time someone comes up, below it is just all the bands they're in. And... Not any of these people, like no, none of these people were in just one band. Mm. They, were, they were like this band and this band and this band. And I don't know, it just must have been really nice. You just had quite a small community of people that were all just like having a go. Um, it touches on loads of really great people as well, doesn't it? Which I think is oh. the biggest thing. I mean, you can, I could listen to Ian McKay talk forever, but oh, yeah. like Mark Anderson from Positive. Oh my God, that was, in it and... that's probably my favourite, one of my favourite like takeaway moments was when Mark Anderson talks because he talks about how he was 36 when it started. Mm. Um, so all these kids are like 16, 17, and he's like 36 and not disillusioned, but he's a little bit like... He, he, he says it himself in the film, like, who's a bit... Didn't really know what to do with his life. And then they talk about... Oh, what's it called? Something Summer? Um, Revolution, Revolution Summer. Summer mm. Which was this kind of uh, summer where they had tons of music happen. The scene had kind of come and kind of lost its way a bit and then revolution summer happened tons of bands played he put it on he was part of a he created a thing called positive force which was like an activism hub which is still going um and yeah just him talking about the joy and the purpose that all of this brought to him he's very emotional throughout it and he's still going and it was just a really nice it made you think about like the little communities that we have it made me a little bit think of Hastings with mm. like what's it called first and when we go up to like Leeds and Manchester and the little scene that's up there mm-hmm. when you speak to people in Ipswich they've got their scene and it just reminds me of that and how you know that was in the 80s and the beginning of the 90s and actually we're kind of still doing that now I think it's easier to sort of mythologize these things when it's historical isn't yeah it? you can say oh that would have been so amazing to I've been in Washington in 1980, and of course it would have been. But it's also pretty fucking amazing to be yeah. in, like you say, Manchester in, in you know, 2018 and or whatever. Exactly. Like. And that's exactly what this Mark Anderson person says. Mm. He's just like, it's now, it wasn't <clears throat> then, it's now. Like, well, I think, the time for, you know, doing yeah, stuff. totally. And I think that's the brilliant thing about this film, which is where a lot of the films that are like this, and American Hardcore does this a little bit, but there's loads of... I've seen quite a few documentaries. There's definitely one about the Chicago scene. There's one about the Detroit scene. And I think mm. there's probably loads. And 
they all have that bit at the end, the last 10 minutes, is people saying, oh, the kids today, they just don't know yeah. what they've... You know, we used to get beaten up for having pink hair, and now they're all walking around with yeah. it. And punk hasn't... No one's doing anything good anymore. Mm. And it's fucking bullshit. It's just absolute nonsense, and it really pisses me off. But whereas this one doesn't have any of that at all. It just no. literally has people saying, yep, yeah, it's just... You know, it's still fucking brilliant. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's different, but that's great. Yeah. Mm. It's totally true. It's a good one. Yeah. Very uplifting. Again, that's on YouTube, so go look at it. Salad days. We'll post in the little blurb all the ones that we've mentioned. Yeah. So you can go and look at them. Do you have any others yeah, you didn't of, mention? So a couple of honourable mentions. One of them uh, is a bit a bit left of centre, I suppose. Or right of centre, unfortunately, oh. because it's about black metal. It's, <laughs> um, it's, uh, I was like, what is coming? It's, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this one's called Until the Light Takes Us. Um, and I'm not a huge black metal fan, particularly. Um, I like bits and bobs of it, but obviously the scene generally is a fuck is just fucking rotten, really. Uh. Um, but I really enjoyed the Lords of Chaos book many years ago, and it's definitely worth a read, and it is really interesting. Um, but it's just a really beautiful film. It's really unlikely. It's it's got an amazing soundtrack, which is not any black metal at all. It's just this really atmospheric music. Obviously, it's all in Norway, so as a result, like everything just looks beautiful mm. and this it's just a i don't know it's just a really well made documentary about a quite an interesting subject and it doesn't really this is either a good thing or a bad thing because some of the some of the sort of right wingers are are interviewed in it but it doesn't oh, really go into that so much it more just kind of looks at this scene and and where it came from I haven't watched it for a while, so that's why? my memory of it anyway. But why is there so much right wing stuff in the black metal scene? I, Do you know? I absolutely oh, is no it idea, just yeah. it just I, a I thing? Mm. I guess I'm not really done. No, 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 I didn't. I mean, I think it's, it's just a. I don't know. I think probably fundamentally, it's um, that there was a few Nazis in the scene, and therefore loads more Nazis got attracted yeah. to it. Maybe. I mean, I think the idea of it is that it's sort of it hates everybody kind of thing. Is there? Oh. So I guess <laughs> I guess it would attract General people hate. like that. I'm not yeah. really sure, but it is an interesting story. It's problematic but like the you know there was a, some murders various murders some murders and all sorts various of murders there was various you know, murders just so many um, murders and it's from a true crime perspective that stuff's quite interesting but even that it doesn't really totally go into that in this film I don't think it's more mm. it's much more just kind of a, a little snapshot of it so I think it's really worth seeing if you've not seen it and the only other one I'm going to mention which isn't really a documentary but it's another VHS that I've got <laughs> two VHS's in get fact. the collection out and um, I bring it up just because, again, it was another one that I saw when I was super young, and it just it just made me think this world is way more interesting than the thing that I see outside my window. Mm. It's not going to make you think that now because it's very dated. But it's these two videos. They both it's East Coast Pogo Attack and East Coast Pogo Attack Two. They came out sometime in the late nineties, I guess ninety five. It says here, but I don't think I would have got it then. Um, it's got it's all like super crusty bands. There's and there's there's some good stuff on there. Oz Rotner on there. Uh, Blank 77 are on there, Quarter Alarm are on there, um, Total Chaos. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, I mean. Yeah, you remember Total yeah. Chaos. And Dirt uh, are on there. There's some good stuff on there, but um, it's not particularly good quality. I think just some guy filmed it on his camcorder, more or less. And there, it, this, these things are both up on YouTube as well. I was quite surprised to find them. And to be honest, the YouTube rip is dog shit. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of, I don't think that anybody's really going to want to watch this. But here's my selling point. There's all, most of it's filmed. Well, a lot of it's filmed in ABC No Rio, and um, in the you know in the nineties when ABC No Rio wasn't uh, hadn't been sort of painted and done up, and now it's basically been knocked down. Yeah. Um, and 
It's a wonderful place. We've been there a couple of times. Or I've been there a couple of times. You've been yeah, there. we went in and got um, cake last time. They we showed did. us around. We went <laughs> up to where they've got their zines and stuff. And the guy, nice. when we when we went there, the guy took us in the room where a lot of these videos were filmed. Yeah, and it's like the original basement. Yeah, it's like a store yeah, yeah, now, yeah. but it's still got all the graffiti on the wall and stuff. And it's so nice. It's super cool. So, you know, for me as a teenager watching this stuff, I was just like, fuck, I want to be in that room mm. right this second. But it's got all of these little funny bits in between the bands. So there's like each band... There's a couple of songs, you know, fairly badly recorded. Um, and there's just some really weird <laughs> stuff. They really go into weird. a morgue in Ooh. one of them and start looking at all the dead bodies. They uh, <laughs> they find a car crash at one point and they go and start, like, poking around. What the fuck? And they're just, there's a bit where they're just in this really weird, like... It looks like a post-apocalyptic world where they're sitting on this old van and they start just smashing it up. And it's just like, there's no explanation as to who these people are how they ended up getting there yeah. but again just as you know I was 15 when I watched this stuff and it just blew my mind I was just like oh, fucking <laughs> hell my friends, my friends aren't up for any of this stuff this is all <laughs> I want to do so, um, so yeah so I just I was surprised to find it on YouTube really and that's pretty much the only reason I bring it up because I don't think many people are going to be that interested in watching it not unless you're like a super nerdy fan of 90s crust bands there's some incredible Mohicans, mm. like and Liberty spikes and stuff. Just unbelievable haircuts. Okay, well now I'm intrigued. Yeah, now I'm intrigued. Good. I thought the haircuts would do it. Cool. I'll be quick with mine. Well, I'll try and be quick with mine. Um, I have three that I guess were close to being my mentions as well. Really quickly, Joan Jet one. It's really yeah. not that good. But Joan Jett's Joan Jett, it's the, um, the film's called Bad <coughs> Reputation. It came out a couple of years ago and it just talks about her life. And I guess she's just amazing. But one thing I was really intrigued by is she's done nothing but music. Mm-hmm. To the point, like, the whole point of this film is it's her and her manager. Or maybe it's not her man- is manager, isn't I it? I think so, yeah. And they've had this, like, she's had no family, never been married, doesn't seem to have had any kind of relationships with anyone ever, nor has this manager... Yeah. Yet they're not in a relationship with each other, no. but it seems like they just have this wonderful friendship that's definitely problematic. Um, <laughs> they argue a lot. They, they argue, <laughs> but they obviously like love each other dearly. And basically, it's just really interesting to see her life and all the things she's done, where it started, which I guess a lot of us know, but how much she actually carried on doing and how much she's done with her life. Mm. Um, and there's just a lot of like recent footage. And I don't know, it's just a really good story it's not well made but it's 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 Joan Jett I really like her and her life is just it's literally just music mm. which is mm. insane usually she people produced have the fucking life. Germs album she did produce the Germs album and the best uh, uh, Bikini Kill songs there you go um another one I mentioned this just because I it was probably one of the first music documentaries I remember watching well it's not the first for sure because it's actually not as old as I thought. But it came out in about 2009, I think. And again, it's another BBC um, one, similar to that um, Once Upon a Time in New York. It might have even come out at a similar time. Um, and it's Fleetwood Mac, Don't Stop. It's, it's exactly the same and time, because I think it, I watched them at a similar time. Is it? Yeah, I think so. And it also, it, it's an hour long, and it is about Fleetwood Mac and the making of Rumours, mm. which, if you don't already know the story, is ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I didn't know the story. I knew the album, but I didn't know the story when I watched it. And it's just insane to think that this band even 
stayed together and made that album because it's there's money, two couples, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, they were two ex couples. Two couples that, that were ex couples yeah. that made an album about how much they don't like each other. Mm. Um, <laughs> they made for some great songs, and it's so. the best album ever. And yeah, it's just a really good story. So if you haven't seen that before, that's available somewhere on the internet, um, mm. either on BBC websites or YouTube, I'm sure. I haven't looked for it, but it is really good. Um, and my last one, which I just felt I couldn't let be one of my top three <laughs> purely because of the content, but Decline of Western Civilization 2, The Metal Years, oh, yeah. is insane. Yeah, it's from 1988. Um, one and three are also really good. The first one's about LA punk. The They're third the, one's about LA, LA punk, well, punk but like, more yeah. street kids. Yeah. But the second one is about LA like metal. Glam metal. Glam metal. Yeah. And the Hollywood, um, not the Hollywood Strip. Yeah. Not sunset. The Sunset, sunset Strip. strip. Um, and it's just stupid. Like, you've got Paul Stanley laying in amongst all these scantily clad women giving his interview. The best bit is Chris Thingy from Wasp. Chris Holmes. Chris Holmes from Wasp is drunk on a lilo in his pool and his mum is sat on... <laughs> Elderly mother. His mum, who's, like, cross-armed and looks alarmed, <laughs> is sat on the chair on the side of the pool whilst he drinks vodka and falls in the pool quite a lot. He's, he's drunker he's than... Absolutely I've seen a lot twatted. of drunk people. I think he's the he's, drunkest he's, person I've ever seen. In my he's life. so drunk. Which... <laughs> It shouldn't that shouldn't be that interesting but honestly it's just so interesting to watch it's awful there's loads of women that are just saying we'll do this that the other for this lifestyle and it's a bit ugh. but you've got men who are like i'm so gonna make it man and you're like fuck knows who that man is or was one guy says he's gonna kill himself if he doesn't make it in the next two years and i've never heard of him yeah God. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean all the decline of the western civilization films are really good but the Metal Years is just... Yeah, it's, it's just fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's uh, it's worth a watch just for a laugh. So, let's play a song. Yes, so let's do that. <laughs> We're going to play Chinese Junk um, with their song Saturday Job. Um, Chinese Junk is a band formed by Ben Nothing, um, who is an old friend of ours. Oh, hey. He's an awesome tattoo artist uh, based in Bromley and on the outskirts of south-east London. Um, ben used to be in an amazing band called the Griswolds, who were, I believe, the only punk rock band in Orpington. Wee. The only know. one in Orpington? Well, yeah, well, I, it was me and them, I think. Oh. Well, and I was in other bands, but most of the, not with punks. Fourteen. <laughs> and um, um, Ben started this new band uh, a little while ago, and uh, they've put out, um, they put their music up on uh, line first of all and then it was released as a really limited seven inch on reduced to clear records uh, that sold out really quickly so now it's very shortly going to be coming out um, on a bigger release on a, again on a seven inch uh, via black wax records um, the band is the same members as the Griswolds well it is now it I don't think now. it was it meant wasn't, to be it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be but it's ended up being uh, so it's it's Ben and Steve and Daz who were the who were the Griswolds. It's it's different though. It's, it's not different. It's, yeah, um, definitely. It's much more like a garagey feel. So um, they've gone for like a real lo-fi kind yeah. of sound. It's and cool. It's, yeah, it's really great. So uh, we're going to play that now, and the song is called Saturday Job. Yeah. 
Chinese junk with Saturday job. Uh, now it's time for our trashy film review. Dave's been busy for that sweet, sweet trash. Well, I'm in lockdown. I know you're in lockdown. We're all in <laughs> lockdown, darling. <laughs> so, yes, trashy film time. This week, we watched a film called Knights of the City. Beethoven wrote a song when he was deaf. When he was deaf, man. Now that's good. Why? Because he was dedicated. Dedicated. Too dedicated. I'm already good. I can't get no man. We got a chance to win this contest. That's because we gon' make it from the gutter boots to the upper boots. So Knights of the City is a 1986 action adventure film uh, starring various people you've never heard of um, and also people you have heard of. of It's got a bit part from uh, Smokey Robinson. It's got... Who are the other people in this? Uh, um, Um, Casey from Casey Casey. and the Sunshine Band. And, oh Christ, I can't remember. Curtis Blow. Uh, Curtis Blow, that's it, and the Mm -hmm. Fat Boys. So basically, it's about a gang... It's very. Um, I'm not sure what. I it's mean, about. it's not very clear, <laughs> but it's about. It's about. It's definitely going for a warriors kind of style gang thing in a city, non-disclosed city. It never makes it clear where it's actually uh, is, and you've got this gang called the Royals, um, led by a man called Troy, and they're out on the mean streets. Um, but they also want to be in a band. That's never made clear until later. They're in, the in a band already, I think. I feel like the band bit comes in at a weird point. All um, of it, none of it makes a lick of sense. None of this makes sense. So basically, there's there's a gang called the Royals, and they've got rivals called the Mechanics. You don't find that out. You don't find their name out until about five minutes from the end. But there's two gangs: the Royals, who are the goodies, and the baddies, Mechanics. And something happens. They end up in an altercation. The police are paid off by the Mechanics, so the Royals go to jail. Whilst they're there, the Fat Boys and Curtis Blow are in there as well. Mm. Fuck knows why. Mm. And they all have this like rap sing along uh, thing. Yes, of which, the, of the which, to be honest, the Royals don't get involved, and the Fat no. Boys and Curtis Blow are just singing and dancing. The Fat Boys are by far the most talented people in this. 
They, they're, yeah. Their rap bit is awesome. Yeah, um, their rap bit is really good, actually. Fatboys are great. But next door in the other cell is a drunken record executive. <laughs> Would you have it? And on his way out, he's like, you lot are brilliant. I'm going to, you know, come by my office tomorrow and I'll sign you. Even though all the people that were singing and rapping were not any of the gang. So they go to the record producer the next day and they want to get signed. But I can't remember. They they walk out for some reason. Uh, they're it just bad boys. They can't be, they can't be, they like, can't be tamed. No, not at all. They and can't they, be tamed. They don't like this sort of upmarket world, I think. Oh, and it's because they meet her daughter who's yeah. like this yuppie, I think she's even called Brooke. And, um... <laughs> And What's then, wrong with being called Brooke? Brooke's a really like eighties uh, yuppie yuppie yeah, name, I think. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Anyway, they're just like, oh, we can't be dealing with your shit. They leave, and she's like, oh, I really wish I'd signed them. How can I find them? I know how I'll do it. I'll have a uh, talent competition for the street people. Is how they name it. <laughs> it's called a street people talent competition. The street people who think they're talented. Um, is it called? No, no, it's not called that. that. I, I've got it written down somewhere what she says. But uh, all the street just, people out there that think they have talent—that's it. That is exactly what she says. Um, but it's really hard because they're in a gang and they've got all this like reputation to deal with, and only some of them are in the band. And the ones that are in the gang are like, "Oh, you don't take the gang seriously anymore, guys." And they've still got the mechanics on their butt. And basically, <laughs> it's about the eventual contest that happens. Um, well, yeah, and, it is. But yeah, it I is. mean, it does kind of end. No, I mean, it's not really about anything, it's let's be clear. Anything. But, um, but the, <laughs> the talent competition that they end up having is extremely confusing. Because <laughs> because basically this guy's ex-girlfriend, they never really say she's his ex-girlfriend, but from what I can make out... They never really say he's her girl, his girlfriend. No, but she sort of lives with him possibly... I don't know, she's drawing a... Um, she's, drawing she's drawing butterflies, butterflies on his wall. <laughs> so I presume that means she must live well, there. be very disrespectful You don't do that for any old boy, David. Exactly. But she ends up being their only competition in the talent com- contest. Oh, yeah, she's a competition. And she's way better than they are, too. Oh, she's the best one. And fucking Smokey Robinson just turns up for no reason. Oh, yeah, Smokey Robinson's the uh, the host of yeah. the talent competition. The ex-girlfriend leads all these women in, like, purple zebra print outfits, and they're just way better than everyone, the outfits, but they don't win. The outfits in this. I mean, everything about this film looks... Incredibly beautiful. It's so beautiful. But no, but it doesn't make any sense. Speaking of outfits, things I've noted that are really good from this film. Male crop tops. There's there are so many male crop tops, including fat boys. Deliberately yeah, uh, fat, fat boys. Fat boys always wore crop tops to yeah. show off how fat they fat were. Although I will say, considering they're a band called the Fat Boys, I don't know whether time's changed or not. They're not that fat. You don't think they were fat enough? They're slightly, slightly overweight. Chubby boys. Chubby boys at mm. best. <laughs> But yeah, male, male crop tops, mesh vests, and mm-hmm. a lot of no tops and blazers. Not blazers with no top underneath. Yeah. It's interesting because everywhere they go, people are dancing. All the time they're dancing. Oh There's break dancing, or they're doing something, or they're having a knife fight, or they're sort of having a mixture of the two. Oh, we are dancing with flick knives. And it's weird because it seems like... I can only presume that everybody in this film, apart from the famous people, must have been dancers... Because yeah. when they're trying to be tough and when they have a fight and stuff, they look like they're <laughs> so choreographed. But there's one scene in it before they go to the talent competition where someone teaches them how to dance. Oh, yeah, he's a prop. He's um, Jeff. Oh, my God, I know his name. But that's the only, that's, that is the only bit when suddenly none of them can dance. So he's teaching them how to dance and suddenly they've... But when they're having flick knife fights oh. <laughs> in, the, in the mean streets of the city, they're literally, they look like the kids from fame. 
And the dude, the main guy, doesn't go anywhere without like clicking his fingers. Like, yeah, um, yeah. oh, what's it called? Like, not Guys and Dolls, but. Um, it is West Side Story. The West Side Story. Yeah, yeah. He, like, they're clicking his fingers and they're like stomping about the place all the there's time. It's a big West Side Story. And I think, oh. I, I suppose, in a way, there's kind of a Romeo and Juliet sort of <laughs> thing going on. Because it's, well, not, I don't know if it's Romeo and Juliet, but it's like she's, a, she's an upper class girl. And oh, he's yeah, a, that's He's true. a low life from the streets. Oh, yeah. Even though he's, like, not. And she's yeah. probably not, you know. It's a, it's a very, yeah. They say some nice things in this. Uh, at one point, someone says, "I'll put a shot in your face, man." I'm not sure. A shot in your face, man. Yeah. Okay. No, no. There's a comma between face and man. All oh, right. <laughs> I just thought it was a nice way. I think if I ever want to buy someone a drink, I'm just going to tell them I'll put a shot in your face. <laughs> I don't want to fight. I want to rock. One of them says at one point, and also. <laughs> I don't know what context of this is. I ain't got time to frig with no panties, man. <laughs> I ain't got time to frig with no panties, man. Yeah, is it more like that probably than how I said it? I mean, the only quotes I've written down aren't very. I don't know if they're very appropriate. To say. <laughs> well, then, I'm going to say. I'm going to say anyway. On, there's an it. end fight scene where um, the two leaders of the gangs are fighting on on top of like a building that has some like gaps for like hot steam i don't know i think they're meant to be like battling on top of like a factory so i think that i think there's there's loads of like just holes in the ground where dry ice can come out throughout but this film but it's yeah. more i don't think it, i don't think there's any sense to it well this is like a, they're on they're on the roof of a factory and so yeah, you assume below them is like some hot um factory shenanigan and when the baddie is fighting the good gang leader and he looks like he's going to fall through the hole. He screams at him, chocolate pudding, really weirdly. <laughs> That's just... two, there's two puddings in this. So there's a really <laughs> good bit strange. where the police at the start, the police ask him what his flick knife is for. And he says, that's for my pudding. <laughs> Which I just thought was there's funny There's so too. much pudding in this. There's loads of pudding in this film. I'm going to just quickly round up three favourite things about this. Um, we got this from a charity shop on a double disc DVD. <laughs> um, it's called Knights of the City. The opening credits on the DVD say Knights in the City. So even the film doesn't really know what it's called. Well, no, I think they um, just didn't put enough effort in. Oh, they put no effort into the credits. The, be the opening scene has the, where the two gangs are. Only the baddie gang are in it, and he sees an old woman pushing a trolley. And it goes to absolutely beat the shit out of her. Only after she takes a wig off do you realise it's a member of the other gang. But that guy didn't know that. He was just going to beat up this old homeless woman. Yeah, just just, yeah. Willing, just willingly going to beat her up. And then, I mean, this isn't really a thing. But there's this scene where they go to the yuppie um, record executive daughter's house. With the, with the whole family. And the gang members are sat there and the posh family is sat there and they're having this dinner served to them on silver service. Um, but the thing they're serving is like little boiled potatoes. Oh, yeah. Off a silver service yeah. tray, which I was just like, the poshest food they could think of was like, you know, like canned boiled potatoes, those really nasty ones. And the guy picks it off with a flip knife. But before he picks it off with a flip knife, <laughs> the way that they show that they're like too low class to be in this place is that he can't work out how to pick the boiled potato up with a spoon. <laughs> That's why he's sort of like trying to get, yeah. he's got two spoons and he's trying to pick it up. Yeah. And they're all sort of looking at him like, like oh, he's there's obviously incapable Can't even of eat doing... his boiled potato <laughs> <laughs> maybe but, it was it was a different time maybe boiled potato was it was just wonderful so there's um there's one guy in this who actually acts uh, and isn't Which a dancer one? this guy joey who's like the tough boy in the gang he looks quite similar to james alex the singer from beach slang i it got me thinking that james alex from beach slang sees the world 
through the eyes of a movie like this where everyone's got like flick knives oh, and stuff. I think Brian Fallon might also see the world through this everything in dry ice, people with flick Maybe. knives dancing. With like dramatic Just like music. a bullshit bullshit world. If I had to rate it Oh yeah. When we first watched it, we were like, that's quite good, let's keep it as you don't always do that with your with your charity shop finds. Um this is gonna be going back to the shop. If anyone wants it, you're welcome to have it. <laughs> it's got a second film on our DVD, so we've got to watch the other one, yeah. The second film is Impulse, starring William Shatner. Okay, so <laughs> if anyone wants it, you're welcome. Um Honestly, it's probably about a strong two and a half, three out of ten. Yeah. Only because it's so ridiculous. Lots of like weird music, lots of lovely outfits. But the actual film is totally shit. Yeah. Um, but it does look quite pretty. Uh, that's probably what I would say. It definitely looks pretty. I mean, I, I so I actually read about this film years ago. But <laughs> you actually wanted to see no, it. No, I really wanted to see it, genuinely. And you couldn't get it anywhere. It wasn't even, you couldn't even find it on, even if you Googled it, you couldn't find it. So when we found this in a charity shop, I was well chuffed, I thought I'd found... Because the front cover of this film is fucking wicked. It does look quite good, actually. But it, um, I did notice, I looked closer at the front cover, and it's got, like, five gang members on the front cover, and it's not the people from the film at all. <laughs> it's just some other people. I'm not entirely surprised by that, no, given that nothing I mean. else works or matches. But, yeah, so, I, so in that context... I, I swear I really enjoyed this when we watched it the first time. I thought we did, but... Um, but it's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, a better version of this film is called. Uh, there's a film called Streets on Fire. That is. So I kept singing those songs when we were watching this. Yeah. So that's a, that's actually directed by the guy that made the Warriors, and I don't think it's that well known. And it's, it's got. It's all the songs are by Jim Steinman. Yes, the guy that that's for it. Meatloaf. It's a proper. It's so a proper musical. They all sound like Meatloaf, basically. Oh, it's got Thingy with his um, it's got big Willem trousers. Dafoe, Willem Dafoe Rick and Moranis big trousers. Is in it. That's a wicked film. That's so we should have probably watched that and talked about we'll that. We'll talk about that next piece time. Of shit. But, um, but yeah, so I'm going to give Knights of the City... I would have probably given it a two, but it disappointed me, so I'm giving it a one. A one out of ten? Yeah. I mean, do... If you want it, <laughs> we've got a copy. Do watch it. Um, make up your own mind. So uh, I'm now going to play you an old song. Basically, the idea is that every week I'm just going to play you something that isn't really available online anymore probably stuff from the 90s i would guess maybe oh, what a surprise. maybe not but who knows uh, today i'm going to go for a band called toast who uh, were from croydon they were around in the mid 90s uh, they only went for a couple of years i don't really think any of them went on to be in any bands or anything but it just so happened that when i first started getting into punk and stuff they were kind of the band that supported everybody who played at like the garage and were they at your first gig they played the Roebuck. It was uh, a very early one. It was the first time I saw the Griswolds. There is uh, a there is a tenuous, uh, link. tenuous link between this and uh, Chinese junk. In fact, I imagine Ben will be very happy that I'm playing Toast yeah. on this podcast. So they released two uh, seven inches on Crackle, uh, both of which are great, and then they released another two on uh, Damaged Goods, um, and then I think the, a CD came out with all of them on it. They were just brilliant. The, the at the time Croydon of all places had like a really good punk scene there was a punk record shop there called shake some action that used to have gigs on saturday afternoons um i saw some mental bands on saturday afternoon in croydon uh, jay church played uh, los crudos played there once link 80 i saw in there blocko i think played some of their first gigs there i saw what tyler um and i saw toast loads toast was sort of like the house band almost and yeah they were just a brilliant band uh, i don't think you can get anything anymore uh, I did notice on Discogs one of their seven inches on there for about 70p. So if you like this, 
<laughs> I imagine you can probably track it down pretty easily. Um, but it was a, it was a, they were a great band, and they were a really important band to me. So uh, this is Toast with Waste of Time. with waste of time and speaking of waste of time we have wasted enough of your time for today <laughs> sorry, I think episode sorry. two is going to be about twice as long as it's episode one sorry been a babble fest um my apologies but thanks if you're still listening obviously we're still working out what we're doing so mm-hmm. any any feedback is always cool if you want to give us any please be nice um yeah, shamcityroasters at gmail.com oh yeah please email Ask us anything. I don't know what you do. Just whatever you want, really. It's true. To be honest, we don't know what we're doing. If you want, to, if you want to suggest anything we should be doing, or say hello, or we could do shout outs. Are we that cool yet? No, we're no. not that cool. But still, if you want to email us and just tell us that we're shit, that's also quite good. We seem to be doing this every two weeks. That's kind of the deal yeah. now. I think yeah. so. Every other Thursday. Every other Thursday I is think. what we're aiming for. And I think we're going to be on. So yeah, sorry, we've we've sort of sorted a lot of this out since the last episode. We haven't said any of this, so I think yeah. it's should be on Spotify. And I don't know if we're going to stay on Podbean because I think we have to pay. Yeah, uh, but it'll be we'll on see. Spotify and Anchor, and and I think it's on Google and iTunes. And yeah, I mean, all sorts of places. What might be quite cool if anyone can be bothered is to let us know how you're listening to this. It might be quite good to like figure mm-hmm. out what to stay on and what not to. Yeah. Um, Anchor is free. Um, and you can just get to it via a link. So yeah. if we don't stick with Podbean and you don't have Spotify or anything like that, Anchor's a pretty good bet. But to be honest, just tell us what you're listening to it on and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. And um, we have an Instagram. Oh, yes. We didn't have an Instagram set up when we did this before. Breakfast Punks Podcast. Is yes. that our Instagram? Yeah. Yep. Um, go follow us. 
Um, and the links to wherever you can listen to our podcast is on there. Go listen, uh, go follow Sham City Roasters and Deadbeat Donuts as well, if mm-hmm. you wouldn't mind or if you'd like to. Yeah, I think that's enough bubble for now. Thank we you very will... much for listening, if you've listened. Yeah, start. if you're still listening, it's then really you're amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll finish, we're going to finish with one last song. Uh, this song is from a band called Slaprash, and the song is called Gobsmacker. Uh, they posted it on Bandcamp May 2020. It was recorded during lockdown. They're really cool. I saw them at Nice's Pie Fest, I think, uh, in uh, 2019, it must have been. Yeah. And they're really cool. They're a two-piece a drummer and a guitarist. Uh, and they just make a mental amount of noise. They're really cool. Um, so we're going to end with them. So thanks for listening. And this is Slapbrush with Gobsmacker. Words are spoken that make no sense. I think I can see through this false pretense. I'm beginning to doubt the integrity of society. And I don't believe all we're fed. All you say is fake. Gob, gob, smacker. White faces spill out into the day. The cars are stationary and the engines are steady. Cold air, spiteful vengeance makes me remember. Remembrance, shock factor. Gob, smacker. Shock factor. Gob, smacker. Impressive slacker. Can I watch you fall?